For those of you who weren't here last week, we got to go ahead and talk about meeting your physical goals. And um, I didn't tell you, but um, I think I will tell you. I hesitated on telling you because so many times it's such a deterrent to some people when they have so much to lose and stuff. But in the last, say, year and a half, well, since we've probably been here in Branson, I myself have lost 52 pounds. So if I can lose 52 pounds... You can lose 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever the situation is, because I guarantee you, I mean, if you don't believe that that flesh talks, try it sometimes, you know. So we got to talking about some of that stuff, and I I did, and I wasn't going to tell it because I didn't want, you know, you sound like you're bragging on yourself. But, I, you know, in praying about it, I thought, well, you know, there's people that have a lot of weight to lose, you know, and uh, it can be encouraging also to see people that have actually been able to do it. And uh, the thing that excites me the very most about it is the fact that for the first time in my life, I wasn't taking a diet pill. I wasn't doing some crazy, strange diet. I didn't stop eating everything under the sun that they tell you you shouldn't eat. I'm not on some crazy thing that you cannot live with the rest of your life. You want to know the diet I'm on? I'm going way ahead of myself here, and I'll I'll tell you what diet I'm on. The grace and strength diet. How y'all like that one? Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that one in just a minute. So, uh, So those of you who were not here last week, we talked about, first off, being honest with yourself. We talked about AA, that the people, the very first thing that they have to do in order to get free from alcohol is they get up in front of the room and they go to AA and they say, hi, my name is John Smith and I am an alcoholic. Well, the same thing will work for you. You go home in your mirror and you confess before the Lord, hey, my name is Phyllis Moore and I'm a fatty, chubby overeater. (laughs) You know? Do it and, and face yourself with it, you know, and admit to yourself that um, you have a problem in that area. And that's the first thing that we did. And if you, I'm not going to go over everything because then I'd teach that sermon and the one I have for tonight. and We'd be here till 10 o'clock. So um, and then the second one was humble yourself and admit that you've done everything under the sun and not been able to do it. But um, we talked about the grace of God, and we talked about how it will supercharge you and help you through those times that are tough. And uh, we talked about how that um, you could make it through terrible situations by leaning on him. And that's on the tape back there, too. And then the last thing we talked about was being led about what you do. And I think that's one of the biggest things that has helped me to accomplish what I've been trying to accomplish. And don't get me wrong, i still got some to go, so don't kid yourself. So, And again, if you're happy just exactly right where you are and you feel like you're exactly perfect and you don't need to change anything in your life, we're not just talking about weight in here. We're talking about how to control your temper, how to not beat your wife or spouse up, how to quit drinking, how to quit doing prescription drugs, how to quit um, just yielding to your flesh in general. Because, you know, you can say what you will, but if you're yielding to your flesh constantly, there's no way you're being spiritual. You can pretend like you are, and I was doing it. I'm as guilty as anybody. That's how I know these things is because I was kidding myself saying how mature of a Christian I was and how together I was, and I couldn't even walk past the cupboard without eating something. You know, and it, it, it doesn't work that way because it, when you get it built up on the inside, it comes out on the outside. So, and I think that's another thing that helped me. So we'll start tonight with some things. I trust that all of you during the week have begun to work on what you were needing to work on. And if you didn't, maybe tonight we'll begin to encourage you a little bit more and uh, we'll go from there. The first thing I want us to look at is for those of you who have started on something. How many again tell me have started on something? And it doesn't have to be weight. 
I mean, believe in God that you're not going to scream or yell or temper or diet pills or prescription pills. Yeah, a lot of people have. So let's go forward with it then. Uh, Hebrews 10.35. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. That's good, and I like that, but I sure like this other one better. The Living Bible says, Do not let this happy trust in the Lord die away, no matter what happens. Isn't that good? Don't let your happy trust that you had to begin with. If you start a diet, I have started 10,652,000 diets probably. And I know you probably have. And what happens is you start it, and the very day that you start it, you eat something you shouldn't, and you just totally cast your confidence away. Well, you don't do that. You just get right back up, and you confess this, and you say, I'm not going to let this happy trust in the Lord die away no matter what happens, no matter what I do, no matter how I fail. I will remember my reward. And that's what that says in the Living Bible. If you don't believe me, find your Living Bible and look it up. I like it. Don't let your happy trust in the Lord die away no matter what happens. Remember your reward. Isn't that good? I could just camp there for a while. In other words, don't trust your scale. Don't trust your head. Don't trust uh, you walking into your bathroom with the pill bottle. Don't trust any of those things and decide that you're going to totally throw away your confidence because you ate a piece of chocolate. A piece of chocolate is not sin. What sin is you not doing the things that you have in your heart to do. And all you have to do is that's what's First John 1, 9 is for. Glory to God. And I use it a lot. Anytime that you miss it, you repent. And you, you go face up again and you say, you know, hey, I missed it on that, but it's time to start again. And you start over. And every time that you do that, you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. Don't just stop. Whatever you do, don't cast your confidence away. Stay in that, is it saying your happy trust in the Lord. Don't rely on your own strength. I know that um, I think that that was probably my weakest point in trying to lose weight. I would get to a point where I would think, okay, I can do this. And I would go a day and I would totally starve myself. And I would feel so proud of myself because I decided that it was much easier not to eat at all than to eat in moderation. Anybody else ever done that? It's so much easier just to skip the whole thing, not eat at all, than to eat in moderation. But what happens then is you don't lose weight. You know, because what happens then is you don't do like somebody on a desert island. You'll do it for a day or two, and then you'll go and you'll eat everything that you can find. So it really counteracts itself. And so uh, what happens is your metabolism, it'll totally stop saying, well, they're not feeding me anything. And then all of a sudden you feed it everything. And it says, well, maybe I better just hang on to all this because they may not get to eat again for a couple of days. And so you're doing just the opposite of what you want it to do. So look at Isaiah 40:29. The grace and strength diet. Everybody there? Isaiah 40:29 says, He gives power to the faint. What do you feel like when you're faint? Weak. You feel weak. So He gives power to the weak. Whether you feel like you have power or not, He gives you power. He will give you that strength and that power. And again, he'll come to your mind and he'll say, don't eat that. And you have a choice to make whether you're going to go ahead and override that and cast that down or you're going to cast the devil down and let your spirit rise up in you. He gives power to the faint and them that have no might, he increases strength. You feel like you could use some of that sometime? 
Even the youths shall not faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that do what? Wait upon the Lord, renew their strength. So if you're feeling like you're weak, you're feeling like you can't keep going in your diet, you feel like this is a weak time, that's the time for you to find you a scripture. And just like you're having to take a pill for a sickness, get you a scripture to build yourself up. Wait upon the Lord and he'll renew your strength. Find you a place that you could, if you, even if you have to keep it in your back pocket and go in the bathroom and read your scripture. You know, admit, like we said last week, that you can't do it on your own because I bet you every person in here that raised their hand that they're trying to do something has tried, like me, every diet under the sun. And you get so frustrated with them because they don't work. But God works. And he gives you the answers and he gives you the strength. Turn to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. One of these scriptures should really take hold in your heart. And it could be one, you know, that you could grab hold to. I know that I use, you know, uh, the last one that we talked about. He increases strength to them that have no might. I felt like I had absolutely no might where weight was concerned. I felt like it was a mountain to me. I felt like that there was no way that I could lose what I wanted to lose. And every time I would think about it, I wouldn't think about, well, just lose one pound, Phyllis, realizing one pound adds up to two pounds, adds up to three pounds, adds up to four pounds, and you keep making progress instead of going the other way. I would think about, I've got 70 pounds to lose. And, and it would just be overwhelming to my mind, and I was not there. So I had to stop doing that, totally and completely stop thinking about the big picture and start thinking about the little one. I'm going to lose one pound. One pound. I'm not going to try to lose 70 pounds today. I'm going to try today to lose one pound. Well, you hear the same thing from people that are trying to quit doing drugs or trying to quit doing alcohol. They're going to make it through one day. One day. They're not going to try to change their life forever. They're going to make it through that one day. And that's the way the devil defeats people is because he sets that big mountain in front of them. And they know that they've not been able to lose one pound. So how in the world are they going to lose 40 pounds? They're not. They're going to be defeated before they start. So don't let the devil make you look at the full goal that's ahead of you. Look at one day at a time and say, this week I'm going to lose one pound. In 52 weeks, you will have lost 52 pounds. I didn't say I lost it overnight. But I did say I lost it in a way that I can continue living the rest of my life without diet pills, without fad diets, without drugs, without everything else under the sun. Something that I can live with no matter what goes on in my life. Because I had tried everything else and all I did was lose the weight. And as soon as I got off that diet or that regimen that they put you on or this routine of having to do this amount of exercise every day to keep the weight off, then you'd gain every bit of it back plus some. And you'd be defeated. But this works because you're doing it within your life. Within That's why diets don't work. Because everybody's metabolism is totally different. Everybody's life is totally different. Everybody's schedule is totally different. Everybody's frames are totally different. You may need to weigh 180 pounds. And I may need to weigh 120 pounds. So to say what a number is on a scale is kind of like a waste. It's whatever is going to make you the happiest. It's whatever is going to make you victorious in your life. Because the, the main point of this whole thing, so that you know why we're doing this, is so that you yourself will have confidence in yourself.
Because I don't care how much Keith or I teach on faith. We teach on prosperity. We teach on healing. We teach on deliverance. We teach on uh, family and marriage. If you don't have confidence, if every time you go to the Lord, you are defeated because there is an area in your life that you don't have control over, the devil will bring that area up to you and you will have totally zero confidence in order to believe for healing, in order to believe for finances, in order to believe for a job, in order to believe for your kids to get saved. Anything that he can possibly think of that you are defeated in, it will be the area that he will bring up to you. And you needn't think he won't do it because he's mean. And he'll do just exactly that. So know that that's your strength. And let's read 2 Corinthians. And he said unto them, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect when? Do you ever feel weak? So what do you rely on? You rely, you look to your own self and say, I'm strong enough to do this by myself. I can do this. No. You look to the Lord and you say, Lord, you said you would help me with this. I'm trusting you to help me with this. I can't do this by myself, but you can help me do this to stop taking these prescription drugs, to stop beating my kids, to stop abusing my family, to stop doing all the things that I know is wrong in my life, to stop using foul language, to stop smoking. Doesn't just apply to weight. I mean, I know somebody last week told me, do you know what area they applied it to? Why they're still single. Now, that's admitting something. Okay, I'm this many years old, and why am I still single? I've got to admit, what's going on with me? Why am I still single? Well, it'll apply to whatever area that you're needing, not just weight. So look at it like that. If you're not in an area to where if you're wanting to gain weight, well, then maybe you should be looking to gain weight. So in your weakness, he will supply the strength. But don't look to hear, look to hear. Do not rely on your own confidences because you failed yourself too many times. Rely on the Lord. And so it says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So admit this is an area you have weakness in and rely on his strength. And this next one is my favorite one concerning all of this. And you'll see why. Hebrews 11.11. Through faith, Sarah herself did what? Received strength. That's the word, same words that they're using there. Received strength. To do what? Conceive seed. So if that, if that strength that we're talking about is good enough to have Sarah, as old as she was, conceive strength to have a child, then what can it do for your metabolism? Can it supercharge your metabolism? If that very same strength that we've been reading about is strong enough to cause her to have a child in her old age, it can definitely give you the strength to turn down that candy or speed up your metabolism. Not you, but he can. And that's my main focus of tonight that I want you guys to get is every time you think, you know, well, I want that piece of apple pie. You know, well, I'm used to having dessert after I eat or or uh, I, I really would like to have that second helping. Do not rely on yourself. That flesh is fickled and you cannot trust it. Take my word for it. I would weigh 350 pounds if I trusted it. Because it will lie to you and tell you it doesn't matter. That little piece won't matter. Yours ever told you that? Mine tells me that every single day, even to this day, it still tells you that. But you know what? It ain't as loud as it used to be, and it ain't as big a deal because it knows what I'm going to tell it now. Yes, it does matter. 
And I'm not saying I don't ever eat a piece of pie, because I do. And I'm not saying I don't ever eat a piece of candy, because I do. And I'm not saying I don't ever go through Friday night steak and shake, because Dave knows I'd be lying. (laughs) So don't make commitments that you cannot keep, but be realistic with yourself. Lose a pound a week. Don't try to lose 500 pounds in two weeks because what will happen is you'll be starving yourself and you will not be able to stick with the routine. It said that if you do something for approximately 30 days consecutively, you change your whole lifestyle. You can change your whole being. You can change everything about yourself. So 30 days is not very long. And if you can make yourself make it through the first 30 days, you can change your whole life into what you want it to be, whether it's drugs or alcohol or sex or porn. Did y'all see that on the news where they're cracking down on those uh, child pornography rings and the main people that they caught, isn't that, yes, go ahead, that main people, yeah, we prayed about some of this stuff Wednesday night, but the main people that they caught was a doctor of kids, a minister, and a teacher. Now, isn't that just sickening? The people that probably have as much contact with the kids as anybody are the people, and they're doing it over in Russia, but the main people that are purchasing it is Americans. It's just sickening to know that you're sending your child to a school with a teacher that is sitting there at night studying child porn all night long, you know? So we prayed about some of this stuff Wednesday night. If you want to get in on it, hook up, you know, and, and, and uh, pray with us about some of that stuff. But anyway, back to our message. She received strength. The very strength that she received to conceive a child is the very strength that can undergird you, that supercharged grace, that supercharged anointing that can come into you and keep you from doing the things that you don't want to do. What did Jesus do when he was tempted in the wilderness? He immediately, he didn't try to speak what he was strong enough. Well, I'm strong enough. I don't have to deal with you. I'm Jesus, the son of God. No, he didn't say any of that. He said, it is written, and he quoted scripture to him. That's what will beat the devil every time, in every situation, every way that the situation arises, is the word. So find you scripture. If I haven't quoted any of the last two weeks that pertain to your particular situation, good, I'm glad. That will cause you to get in the word and, and uh, read your chapter every day. And you're still doing that, right? And find the scripture that pertains to the area that you need it to pertain to. Because if God would give her supercharged strength to receive seed and supercharged strength to conceive, then what can he do to your metabolism? What can he do to your temper? What can he do to that urge to take that prescription drug? He can supercharge you enough to where that he can, I mean, give you an antidote or whatever it takes. To fix that in you. If she could have a child, he can do that for you. Is that not exciting to you? That that same strength that we've been talking about gave her the strength to overcome in that area to have a child? I mean, you may be wanting a child. You may be, this may be an area that you've had a problem in. Start confessing strength over your body, strength over your life. That you'll receive that strength. So, one way to know if you have that strength is what? Does anybody know? Pop test. Does anybody know what controls your strength? Joy! Yes! Yay! Glory! Y'all got it. You know what the first thing the devil comes to do when you start on a diet? Steal your joy. You, you fast for three days and you get on the scale. And what happens? You gain weight. 
Turn to Nehemiah with me. You don't have to. It'll take you too long. Put it up on the board for us. Some of you may take a little longer. Nehemiah's back there where your pages are stuck together. There it is. Look at it up there. There it is. You can still read it. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat. We won't do that. And drink the sweet. No. And send the portion unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye what? For the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So what is the devil going to first off and foremost try to do to you when you, I mean, you go on a diet, you quit taking pills, you quit losing your temper? What's he going to do immediately? I mean, if you're trying to control your temper through these things that we're teaching, he's going to do everything he can to make your wife do everything that makes you lose your temper. Don't kid yourself. It's going to happen. It's go- He's going to do everything that he can. She's going to be having a bad day and she's going to drop something and she's going to step on your toe or she's going to hit you with her elbow. Whatever you don't like, it's going to stand out to you because he knows if you lose it the first week or so, then you- he's won the battle. There's nothing to fight over anymore. We're at the same place we've been, 10,500. And how many times did I say I'd been on a diet? That many times. You're at the same place again. So if he can steal your joy, he can steal your strength. So we've got to stop those things that steal your joy. So what are some things that we can do to keep our joy? What are some things that we can do to build our joy so that when these other things come, like we stay on a diet for a week and we gain two pounds, what can we do? Number one, stay in the Word. Keep confessing the Word over yourself. Another thing is, point number two, y'all want to know what point number one was? Did I tell y'all? Confidence. Point number two is, consider the benefits to keep your joy. Consider the benefits of no longer smoking. You don't have to pay that money for them cigarettes anymore. How much are cigarettes anymore, by the way? I mean, they're high. I know that. They're crazy high. I mean, people go and rob stores just for cigarettes. they got to be high. Isn't that right? I mean, <laughs> they're high, aren't they? Um, I don't smoke, so I don't know, you know. But um, consider the benefits of not having to spend the money on it, not getting lung cancer, you know, not giving lung cancer to your kids, not having to leave the middle of a movie theater though, of a show you're enjoying because you've got to go get a cigarette. You know, there's lots of benefits. Or your wife won't let you smoke inside and not having to stand outside in the freezing cold as cold as it's going to get tomorrow. You know, there's lots of benefits to it. Or, you know, uh, say you're on a diet. Consider the benefits. I wrote some of them down. Just how happy you'll be and not wasting your life being sad because you're not where you want to be. I mean, to me, that is the most wonderful thing I think that I have enjoyed about losing some weight is not it being so much, taking so much thought life of mine. Because that's what happens to you when you're in a place that you don't want to be, whether it's prescription drugs or whether it's temper or whether it's uh, abuse or whatever the situation is or food or whatever. That consumes your mind because you're ashamed of it. And the devil knows that. So he knows if he can consume your mind with the bad things, he can't consume your mind with good things. So therefore, he steals your joy. So consider what it'll feel like not to have anything that the devil can pull up against you. Won't that be wonderful? It'll just be absolutely wonderful to know that you can go through a whole day and keep your joy because every time the devil tries to think of something that he can pull up against you, there's nothing. 
There's nothing. You've done everything that you know that you're supposed to do. If you felt like you were supposed to do this, you did it. If you felt like you weren't supposed to lose your temper, well, you didn't. If you felt like you wasn't supposed to smoke, well, you didn't. If you felt like you were supposed to not eat that piece of chocolate cake, then you didn't. And so you go to bed at night with a clear conscience. Isn't that a wonderful thing? There's nothing better than that. I mean, no food in the whole wide world, no drug in the whole wide world, nothing can make you feel better than to lay your head down on a pillow at night and the devil try to search your heart and there's nothing there. There's nothing that he can condemn you about. There's nothing that you feel guilty about. You didn't chew anybody out. You didn't steal anything. Huh. What am I going to pull up on them today? And you go to sleep. And you wake up in the morning and you make it through another day the same way. And there's nothing that he can condemn you about. So you know what? You wake up the next morning and they call and they say, your child is at school sick, they're throwing up, they've got a 103 fever. You say, oh no, not in my house. And you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, you died for our our sicknesses and you took stripes upon your back. We don't have to be sick. And the devil comes up and says, what about, uh, what about, uh, 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 what about, uh, what about, um, okay, what about, um, and he's stumped. And you just go right on boldly into the throne of grace and nothing stops you from obtaining exactly what you're wanting from God because there's absolutely nothing there for the devil to come up against you with. And you've got him on the run. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus in the wilderness. I mean, the scripture, okay, it is written, okay? So he throws something else at him. It is written. He throws something else at him. It is written. And then what happens? He leaves. He leaves. He hadn't got anything else that he can do because there's nothing else to throw up. He tempted him. He didn't fall for it. So there's nothing else he can do. And it'll be the exact same way with you. When you go to the Lord, you'll have total and complete confidence because the devil has absolute, and he'll, he's so mean. If you do miss it, he'll take the video camera to you and say, look at those, look at those, how many prescription pills have you taken this month? Oh, now you got to find another doctor. This one won't give you anymore. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? And that consumes your thought life. It consumes your whole life trying to figure out how you're going to get this. When, if you don't have to have it, you've got time to think about other things and and worship the Lord and thank Him for the things that He is doing in your life. This will turn your finances around. It'll turn them around because every time the devil tries to tell you the reason that you didn't get that $50 today is because, you know what, you ate that chocolate cake. He'll do it. I'm telling you, he's done it to me. I'm telling you, I'm only talking from experience. Whether it's chocolate cake or pills or temper or anything else, there's no grounds that the devil will have against you if you get control in this area. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. Another thing um, is the condemnation that we were just talking about. Where you want to go? Do you want to go to a beach and wear a swimsuit? Laugh. I hadn't wanted to go to a beach for 10 years. That's one reason why I hadn't been so happy about going on vacation. Now I want to go. And I'm going to go. You watch. I'm going to go. But I won't be condemned about it. And I won't feel bad because I can't go to the beach. I can't put on something that I'd be ashamed to go to the beach. Now, I don't dress, you know, like most of those people down there on the beach. But I would like to wear a swimsuit and go swimming sometime. and, And you don't have the confidence to be able to do that. To be able to do things that you wanted to do, like I said last week. I didn't even want to go to a church picnic because I couldn't get in my jeans. Couldn't get in them. Didn't want to go. 
you'll be able to go and do things that you weren't able to go and do before because you'll be able to go out and buy that cute little outfit that you wanted to wear. Boy or girl, you still wear a cute little outfit. Don't tell Keith I said that. Best of all, the new and smaller sizes that you get to wear. You know, the better things that you get to wear. The new styles that you get to wear. Like I told you last week, this one black houndstooth jacket I've got, it's got holes on the lining on the inside. It's pulled here. It's pulled there. It's got snags everywhere. It's got pins on the pockets holding it together. I wore it to meetings up until a year and a half ago for probably five or six, seven years because I refused to buy a bigger size. I did. I refused to. So I just wore my old wore out clothes that were falling apart. And I said, I'm not going to buy anything else. Then God sent me a shopper. She's not here tonight because she's out shopping for me. No, she's gone uh, doing a meeting themselves. But uh, she'll shop for me. She called yesterday. and She said, you know what? We're in Denver doing this meeting. And I just went in the store and they've got the cutest outfits. I said, buy a size six. I said, buy a size six. Not a 14 or 16 or a 20. I said, buy a size six. Well, that feels good. It just feels good to be able to say that instead of buy a size 20, which is what I was about up to. I think 18 was as high as I got. May not be big for you, but it's big for me. And I'm not going to tell you what you should weigh so long as you can lay in the bed at night and you're not condemned. So consider the benefits. We're trying to keep our joy here, right? When the devil comes to you and he's trying to steal your joy, you write down some things that are joyful to you to think about. Get a picture of yourself when you were small in that swimsuit. What is that song? Itsy bitsy, teensy weensy, yellow polka dot bikini. What is it? How does it go? It's, uh, you know, I don't even remember. That I wore for the first time today. Yes. I don't care if you wear it around your house. Get one. You know, get you something that you can feel good about having that you can. I mean, hey, I never said it was a sin to wear something around your spouse. I mean, that's your, get the kids out. Kick them. You know, look forward to Valentine's Day for a change. You know, you are human. You know, the devil didn't invent sex. God did. You know, and so uh, go find that swimsuit or go find that outfit that you want to wear and um, put it there and have it before you. Don't let your husband see it or your wife see it, but put it there so you can see it. Find you a secret place. And every time the devil comes to steal your joy, you get that and you put it before you. And you say, I'm getting in that. You watch me, I am getting in that. And when the devil comes to steal your joy, mm -mm. you go get that picture and you go get your scriptures and you stand in that closet and you shut the door behind you and you quote your scriptures and you look at that. And you say, forget that chocolate cake, look at me now. You know, to get rid of that mirror in there though, for now. It's got to go. The pictures is what you see. I used to take magazines, you know, like Cosmo and the other magazines, and find people that looked the way that I wanted them to look, and I'd put them up, and I'd keep it before me. I wanted to keep a goal before me of how I wanted to be. You find something that relates to you. I know we're talking strongly about weight, but again, it applies to any area that you're having a problem in. Get the vision before you of yourself in the kind of frame of mind with a smile on your face, not losing your temper every time you turn around. Get yourself in the frame of mind of a picture of you that had a good look on your face when you weren't doing drugs all the time. Get something before you that you have a vision that you can see yourself that gets your joy back when the devil tries to steal it because you did. I mean, immediately when you eat that chocolate cake, you just don't go in there and throw up. Run in the closet, get your scriptures and find your bikini. 
or whatever it is and get it before you and look at it and make yourself happy again and say, no, devil, you may have won this one, but, buddy, the fight ain't over yet. You're going to win it. And you just keep standing. So consider the benefits when the devil tries to steal your joy. Consider the good things that you'll be able to have that you didn't have before when he tries to steal your joy. Then the next one's the bad one. The condemnation and temptation. First John 3.21. Y'all all know what it says. There it is. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. So, it doesn't matter. This is the thing that I wrote down to tell you, and I want you to, I, if you have to write it down and put it before you, it doesn't matter how many times I've tried different diets, you've never done the grace and strength diet before. Have you? Anybody ever done that one before? No, I'd never done it before. So don't let the devil condemn you. Because John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He'll steal your joy. He'll steal your faith. He'll steal your confidence. But we know some things. We know who our strength is. We know who our joy is. We know what to consider. We know what to pull out. We know what to keep before us. Right? Okay. I mean, if you, for real, if you've had a problem with drugs, find a picture of you when you were younger, happier, not on drugs. If you look at the pictures with your face and stuff, you'll see that you look like a totally different person. You can tell instantly somebody that's doing drugs, the way that their face looks, their joy is gone. Joy is in the eyes. You can tell it in people's eyes whether they're full of joy or not, or whether they're going through stuff or not. You can tell it just as plain. I know I tell them sometimes, you know, don't put so many people around, Keith and I, because we pick up on too many things. And you don't want to get up here and tell what's exactly going on with the person right beside you or right behind you. You want to do what the Lord tells you to do. And if you do what he tells you to do, that's going to help everybody and not just one person. So um, make sure that um, you don't let the devil steal your joy. This is the part that I think is one of the most important parts that I had to deal with. You want to know what it was? Anybody want to know or you want me to quit now? Okay. Know your limits. Know what your limits are. Know what you can handle and what you cannot handle. Know, number one, where you can be when certain foods are being prepared. I know I have... And this is why I tell you that I'm God's favorite. I have the best people in a church that anybody could ever give anybody, the kindest, sweetest, most wonderful people that God could ever send anybody. And I have the most wonderful husband. I mean, I know y'all think you have a good husband, but no, 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 no. I have the best. That's why I'm God's favorite. You see, I know I hear some of you shaking your heads. I hear the shaking. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens what happened when I began to lose weight is um, it was difficult for me. And, um, I mean, Keith had known it. He would tried to help me with it. But I rebelled against him instead of trying to get him to help me with it, which he was more than willing to do. But I would try to prepare his meals and eat with him and be with him every time he ate because I felt like that was important because I wanted to be with my spouse every time that he ate. But I soon found out in doing that, he was not in, enjoying my company as well as he could because I was being condemned the whole time I was eating. I know I'd eat something, and as soon as I'd eat it, I'd say, I shouldn't eat that. The whole rest of the day, 
It was, it was like horrible. He says, well, why did you eat it? You know, well, it's hard. When you're sitting there, you go to a restaurant, they order everything that they want, and you order water. You know, it takes a mighty strong person to do things like that. You have to know your limits. So what I began to do was one of the first things that I think really, really helped me was to begin not eating at night. Now, again, this is what I did. I followed my heart. This is something the Lord told me to do. I'm not telling you what to do. You follow your heart, and if you do, you won't be in condemnation. He will lead you in exactly what you need to do. But I felt like I shouldn't eat a lot at night. Now, I'm not saying I don't ever eat at night. I'm saying, as a rule, I don't have some big sit-down Five-course meal at night. But Keith does. And he's hungry at night. So I began to purpose there's got to be a way. He talked to me about it. We talked about it. So now what I do when Keith is eating at night, like Friday nights when we get in from church, it's really, really a rarity for me to eat a steak and shake after a service on Friday night. But Keith usually eats something after the service on Friday night. So what I do is I go in and start taking my makeup off, he goes to the kitchen. I go in and start changing clothes and get on my treadmill, and he goes to the kitchen. I learn my limits. I learn that I cannot be around food all the time and be strong enough to deal with myself. Learn your limits about your temper. When you begin to see yourself say something that you shouldn't say, find that closet with that picture. Walk out of there. Don't give in to it. Find your limitations. Know what they are. If you know that your favorite restaurant is on this street, and every time you go by there, you drive through McDonald's and get you a cheeseburger and a french fry, or your favorite Texaco station where they've got the little honey bun things and the Dr. Peppers, or this way to work, uh, go the long way around. Don't even go by there. Know what your limits are. Don't kid yourself. Admit where you are. It doesn't hurt you to go the opposite direction or skip the restaurant. Or or if a lot of people say, well, let's go out and eat now. Nah, we're just going to go home. Know where your limits are. Don't put yourself in a restaurant with a humongous buffet and you have a diet problem. Don't do it. Because your flesh will scream. Mine screamed. I know. Mine can talk and it can talk loud. And it will say, well, today won't matter. It's the weekend. Take a break from your diet. And what I would do is I would lose two pounds during the week and gain three on the weekends. Every weekend. I did it. I mean, I did it for years that way. I'd fight and starve myself silly all week long. And when the weekend came, I'd say it's the weekend. And we'd go out of town to minister. And I'd eat whatever they had set before us at 2 o'clock in the morning, three times a day, and gain it all back. Now, you're not as dumb as I am, I know. Because it took me a long time to change that. And to realize I was only hurting myself. You catch on to it a little bit faster. Know what your limits are. Don't hang around the kitchen all the time. If you need water, get you a hot bottle of water. And keep it in your bedroom if you have to. But don't every time you turn around, make yourself go to that kitchen. So you got vitamins you need to take and you need to eat something with it. Keep a pack of crackers by your bed and put your vitamins by your bed and eat it there and, and uh, drink your water where you are and don't go in the kitchen where somebody's cooking bacon and eggs and ham and cheese and 
biscuits for breakfast. Hey, you may be stronger than me. I'm just telling you what I had to do. I was not that strong. And when there was hot buttered biscuits and bacon around that you could smell, I want to eat them. You know, whether I'm doing the cooking or whether Keith is cooking, you know. And yes, he does cook. And so um, breakfast especially. And so if he was cooking something, again, he can eat a hot buttered biscuit and bacon and eggs and great, you know. But I know that I can't eat all that. I'm better off with a dry piece of wheat toast. Trying to lose weight. Now, it may come a time that I get exactly where I want to get, and that would be just great for me to eat a biscuit and a piece of bacon. But I have to know where I am, and I have to be honest with myself that it does matter. That I cannot eat all that stuff and be what I want to be and have my confidence to be able to get my finances in or to get my body healed. I have to admit it to myself. Don't go down the cookie aisle and the ice cream aisle at the grocery store. Now, that's a big don't, you know. The pastry aisle, the bread's aisle, whatever your weakness is, don't go down that aisle. You know, just totally skip it because it's so much easier to skip it at the grocery store than it is in the pantry. I mean, be realistic, you know. Don't go down those aisles. If there's something that you really, really like and you know it's bad for you, you know, whether it's the cheese section and you can't have cheese again, this is not about weight. It's about your life and it's about uh, high blood pressure and high cholesterol and diabetes and all the other things that attack people nowadays because of our systematic eating of fast foods and, and the way we've eaten. People are dying left and right with heart attacks at 40 years old. Because they're eating the wrong thing. I mean, you didn't used to hear that. So we've got to get ourselves in better shape. Because, again, we want to be a spotless church, not a, you know, somebody about to have a heart attack church. Because I'm going to be really upset with you if you had a job to do down here and you leave when you're 40 and I have to send somebody else to pick up your work because you didn't get it done because you didn't put your flesh under and not eat that bacon. So the other thing is um, don't not eat. That's what I talked about at the very beginning. I would starve myself for days. And Keith would say, Phyllis, did you eat today? I'm, I'm almost past that. No, I don't want nothing to eat. Because it was easier. I was more in control of not eating than to eat a little bit. And you can't live that way. Because if you're going to do anything, you've got to have strength to do it. And the worst thing you can do is the old proverb of eat something for breakfast, eat something for lunch, leave it off at night. You know, and this is not a, a me telling you how to eat situation. Follow your heart. But I will tell you that nobody's heart will tell them to starve themselves to death. That your body is a temple of the Lord. And uh, he intended for it to be his temple. And he didn't intend for us to starve it to death. So uh, it's so much better to eat a little bit because then what happens is then you don't just pig out. That's what happens to all these girls and, and some guys that are anorexic and bulimic is because they starve themselves and their body is just screaming for some kind of food. Then they go eat it and then they throw up because they feel so guilty about what they eat. Well, don't get into those kind of regimens. Eat something, even if it's just a small little bitty bit, eat something, you know, and then you won't be so starved to where you'll eat twice as much the next meal and feel guilty because you did it. I did that too. Because you will do it. You, your flesh is only so strong and you'll do it. You know, you'll go so long and then you'll, then you'll go and pig out with the ice cream and cookies. And then the next thing is do. You want to know some things to do? 
Do get the support of your family and friends and co-workers, anybody that can help you. Encourage your spouse to help you with this. You know, can you fix your own meal? Can you fix your own sandwich? You know, I, I just don't feel like I'm strong enough to be in there right now and deal with this. You know, um, I don't feel like that I can go in there and cook this for you at two o'clock in the morning and not eat it. You know, be realistic with yourself. Have the support of your friends and family. If you know that you smell a lot of food around where you're working and stuff like that, well, maybe you can take your lunch break outside or something like that because it just makes you want to eat more. Do whatever it takes to make yourself be stronger. Do the natural things and expect God to do the spiritual things that help you to do those things. And then um, do, as I said, when Keith's eating a lot of times, I think the biggest thing that has helped me to continue to do what I need to do is um, I never go to bed condemned. Never. I never go to bed feeling like I haven't apologized to somebody. I haven't taken care of something that I needed to take care of. Because always before I go to sleep, I'm, I'm laying there praying and asking the Lord. And again, that is like the devil's favorite time for his condemnation parties. And if I feel like I've eaten more than I should have eaten, I I don't forget what night it was. Um, a lot of stuff was going on. We were doing a lot of stuff. And we had someone that went home to be with the Lord like in the middle of the night. And Nancy called me, what, 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that? And she said, what are you doing? And I was on my treadmill. Because I, I was condemned because of what I'd eaten that day. And it wasn't a whole lot, but I was condemned. And you know what? It's so much better to get the condemnation out. If you've got to get up and run around your house or do some sit-ups, you don't have to have a treadmill. You can do sit-ups. You can do jumping jacks. You can do anything. To get you out of condemnation. Do not be condemned. Because condemnation is the devil's playground. And you will have faith for no area in your life if you're condemned. What if something happens in the middle of the night that you have to use your faith for? There you'll be. Condemned. Do not go to bed condemned. Do whatever it takes to not be condemned. Now, I'm not advocating that you do some of these things that some of these girls do and, and they just let their conscience, you know, eat them alive because they have eating disorders. And there are people that have eating disorders and they exercise 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I am not advocating that because it is not God. My God, your God, will not direct you that way. What I'm talking about is being led by the Lord. And if you're feeling condemned about something, you take care of it, whatever the situation is. Because it's not God that's condemning you, it's your heart that's condemning you. And therefore, you need to have confidence toward God. And the way you have confidence is if your heart doesn't condemn you. So, um, do things that encourage yourself to stay out of the places that cause you to be that. If you know that every time you go into your child's room, it raises your temper, then make your wife go in there. If you have a problem with your temper and you beat your children. If you know that every time you go to do this particular job, you have to take extra drugs in order to do it. Quit the job. Find something else. The pressure's not there to do that. If you know that every time you get in these situations, it causes you to want to smoke. Or it causes you to want to do whatever that is not normal and natural for your health of your life and being, then get out of those situations. Don't even go in your favorite restaurant right now. Don't even go in the ice cream store right now. Don't even go down those aisles at the grocery store. Keep yourself in control. Know your limits.
Okay? Then the last thing. Yay, say yay. The last thing for tonight. The last thing is confess the truth over yourself. And we've touched on this just a little bit, but I want to give you um, these same truths that we've talked about, some Bible ones and some natural ones that I think will help you. Um, first off, First John 4, 4. We talked about it last week. Greater is he that's what? In me. The greater one is in you. You do not have to yield to the chocolate cake. Or some people, it's not even candy. Some people, it's mashed potatoes. You know? Know what your limits are. Don't cook mashed potatoes. Don't go to Kentucky Fried and buy them by the court. I used to. You're laughing, but I did. And eat a whole quart right there by myself. Laugh if you want to. I don't care. Laugh. Yes, because if you're laughing at me, you're not laughing at yourself. I always tell you that. You know, if they're talking about me, they ain't talking about somebody else. Let them talk on. So glory to God, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And Philippians 4.13, y'all should really, if you're dealing with things in a different area, write some of these down. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, get you some index cards. Take your medicine, get in your closet, get in the bathroom, carry them in your back pocket, put them in your purse, read your scriptures. You cannot do it on your own. We've already proved that. I already proved I couldn't do it on my own. You may be greater than me and you may can do it on your own. Well, you know, that's yet to be seen. But God can help you to do it. And then 2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be unto God, what? always causes you to triumph. You always win in him. You may get knocked out this round, and you may get knocked out the next round, and you may get knocked out the next round. But guess what? The fight's not over. You get up again. You wipe your nose off, and you say, no, I'm winning this. I'm going on. I always win this. I always win. I always win. No matter if you lost the last 12 battles, you get up and say, I always win. Always. Try it on for size. I always win. I'm not talking about the fight with your husband now. I'm talking about your particular battle in your life. Say, I always win. Okay, here's some real good natural ones for you if you're trying to control some things in your life. I have a speedy metabolism. Yeah, lightning fast metabolism. That's a good one. Supercharged metabolism. Whatever word you like, you know. Find something that you like. I lose weight easily, and this is the catcher. I never gain it back. Always add that to it, because the devil will play on it. What comes out of your mouth does matter. Confess it with your mouth, and it'll work for your life, for every part of your being. I always lose weight, and I never gain it back. I always control my temper, and I never lose it again. I always... I'm to work on time. I'm never late. Somebody laughed on that one. It must have been applying to them. I always have patience with my kids and never lose my temper. I always know what to do in every situation. Whatever applies to you, find you something and confess it over yourself. If you're going a day without making confessions over yourself, then you're going in the wrong direction. 
You remember in the 70s? How many of you remember in the 70s? It was like the most popular thing in the whole wide world. You, people had confession stickers covering their whole refrigerator. They had confession stickers, you know, in their car. They had confession stickers on their doors, on their mirrors, on everything that you could find. There was confession. But how many of you, if I walked in your house right now, you had a confession somewhere? Glory to God! Yay! We got a faith church here. That's a good thing because if you're confessing things over yourself, then God has a legal right to do those things in your life. You take the devil's power away from you. And then another good one is, I am in control of my body. Maybe you've had a trouble with porn. Maybe you've had trouble with affairs. Maybe you've had trouble with uh, whatever it is, you know, sexual things or, or physical things or mind control things or whatever it is. You are in control of your body. Say that over yourself. I'll, it only does what I want it to do. And then my favorite, last but not least, I love to exercise. Y'all want to try that one? No. No, no, some of you don't even want to say it. <laughs> you don't have to say it. I love to exercise. I love to exercise. What is it they say for every mile you walk, it adds a year to your life or something along those lines, something to that effect. I mean, how many years you want to live? You know, I mean, you may want to live a few extra ones. Some of you may have uh, if if your grandparents die and they've got billions of dollars, you may only have a few years to spend it. So if you don't start walking, you know. Don't laugh at me. I'll tell Keith on y'all. No, stand up on your feet. And let's, let's confess some things over ourselves. And um, let's look to the Lord for that strength. I don't know if I've helped any of you guys. I, you know, I feel like on some of this stuff that um, it's just the mercy of God, you know, that I am where I am. And I, I mean, my heart goes out to anybody that's trying to overcome in an area of their life. Because, I mean, the devil is so stinking mean that he will do everything to steal your joy and to steal your faith in that area. He will do everything, like what she was saying. You have to, when you get depressed, it's like, okay, where's the chocolate ice cream? When, number one, why are you depressed to begin with? The joy of the Lord is your strength. What are you looking at that's making you depressed? Get these scriptures out that cause you not to be depressed to begin with because there's nothing that you cannot overcome with Him. Nothing. No matter what the situation is in your life, no matter what the area is in your life, you can overcome all things through Him and you can always triumph. You can always win. So if you're here and uh, you think, well, what is that church doing? What are they talking about if you're a visitor? Because I know on Friday nights we have visitors that, you know, come from everywhere. And, and uh, I tell you what we are. We are a church that is going to, um, let's see the word I'm looking for, uh, represent the Lord properly. We're going to have our love straight. We're going to have our finances straight. We're going to have our bodies straight. We're going to be healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And there's not going to be, you're not going to ever have to preach a word to anybody when they see you walk in a room and you've got a smile on your face and you look like you've got some money and you don't look like you're sick and you look like you just drove up in a Cadillac and uh, you, you're in good shape physically. They're going to want to know what you're doing. Because you look at the news and what is 90% of what's on? Our society, 75% of our children and adults are obese, obese, obese. Well, 
what about the church? Does it have any more control than the world does? It should. It should. But if we look exactly the way that the world looks in every circumstance, we're driving an old ragged car, we're sick, we weigh 500 pounds, we're broke, then why does the world want to come and join you and go to church or get saved? There's no reason. But I tell you what, you get this new diet and it's working for you and the whole world is looking for an answer. I mean, I guarantee you, if there was a pill that you could give somebody that they could lose 50 pounds, they would be, you couldn't even count the money the rest of your life, how much money they would make for losing weight. So we're going to learn to control our flesh to where if we can control it in this area, we can control it in this area and this area and this area. And this is a catalyst to the whole rest of your life, whether you recognize it or not. It is the answer to things you've been praying about, about your finances and about your healing and about your jobs and about your everything else. Because if you can control your life, the Bible says control your mouth. Well, duh, where does food go? Right in that mouth. It's not just talking. You control that mouth. The Bible says you can control your whole body. You can control every part about you. So can you do it? Yes, yes we can do it. Glory to God. Well, let's say this. I am in control, am in control. of my life, my life. Of, my of my body, what I eat, what I, eat. What I don't eat, where I go, where I don't go. What I look at, what I don't look at, what pills I take, what pills I don't take, my temper, my fear of being around people. I'm in control of that. Whatever the situation is in my life, I can control it because greater is he. That is in me than he that's in the world. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.